You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today's episode, Old Scores. I'm in the studio tonight with musician Sam Shalabi. Sam, you're going to be offering me some musical accompaniment to, uh, to a story that I'm going to, I'm going to be reading here live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably also mention that uh, Sam Shalabi and I used to perform together. We were in a spoken word band called Blowhard, right? Mm-hmm. Where I would recite my, uh, my poetry and Sam would uh, accompany me on the electric guitar, right? Yeah. So, but and then eventually we uh, we we sort of you know started we we had different artistic visions that became clear at a certain point and then we we sort of we went in separate directions you and I yeah right I sort of wanted to rock more right like I was going in a sort of rockier uh, harder edged really direction yeah don't, yeah don't, I mean I knew we were he- you were heading in some direction but I didn't know it was more rocking right. Um, and and while I was sort of going in that direction, you were uh, Sam was sort of going in a more kind of how would you describe it? like a jazzier kind of new agey sort of eastern kind of thing, right? No, I, I guess just more music, like sort of yeah, more musical. While what you what you what you what I was doing, you didn't consider that wasn't no. I mean, it was it was musical, but I mean, right. you weren't playing any instrument. Well, the human voice. Yeah, but I play. The mouth. That's what I play. Mm. That's that's the only instrument I need, and I could I could rock as heavily as I as I need to with it. Well, I, I guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so it's been uh, it's been like it's been like over five years since you and I've played together. About right. Yep. Right. So uh, let's okay. Let's get started. Uh, go ahead. Take out. Take like out. Old uh, times, yeah. Take of. out. Yeah. Uh, take out the old uh, the old axe. Take out the axe. Sam, yeah. Um, you were gonna bring, you were gonna bring your guitar. You were gonna bring the electric guitar. No, I, 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 used, I did you? I mean, if you had, I, this is like a guitar. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not. A, it's not a good. You can't. It is, it is like a guitar. What is it's, it, Is that an oud? Yes. You can't rock out on an oud. Um. All right. Anyway, I'm not. We we won't get into it. But I mean, this is a part of. This is what I was talking about earlier about us going in different. Artistic directions. We were never right? anyway. It doesn't, no, no, okay, actually. all right, all right, all right. We never anyway. Okay, we'll make do. It's fine. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, I don't know, give us a brief history of the oud or something. Go ahead. Um, the oud uh, is a uh, Arabic in- yeah. uh, mm-hmm. ancient. Uh, in- yeah. You see that anyway. Uh, okay. It rem- it's just, well, it's I mean, why would you anyway? Why would you ask ask me that? Actually? Well, because you know you brought it here, so I want to. Uh, I'm a professional, so. Well, the oud is a uh, is a um, the precursor of the guitar. It's an it's an Arabic instrument that was brought that was that uh, during the Crusades was uh, uh, made into the lute. Actually, the word lute comes from oud. That's uh, interesting. So it's sort of like the Australopithecus on the uh, on the evolutionary chain that leads us up to the uh, to the electric guitar. That's interesting. Okay, well let's uh, let's kick it, shall we? Um, do you want to just to warm up? Do you want to do like maybe a little bit of uh, like a ham bone, like ba 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 ba, like that, to start out, like that kind of. Okay, for, for, forget it. It doesn't, matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. What are you um, talking about? For, what, yeah, what is that? A ham? <laughs> like we used to, you know, or something? Ham you bone. remember we used to do that song 
or I would say I would say Hambone, Hambone, where you've been, and you would respond we, by saying, never, "We've never done anything like you that." You don't remember that at all. It's no. amazing to me. No, I've never, I, I've wow. never, I've okay. never Hamboned with you. I would say Hambone, Hambone, where you've been, and then you would say, "I've been to the corner for a bottle of gin." Never, I've never said that at all. We've ne- we've never done any Hamboning actually or anything like that. You know, Hamboning isn't a verb. I'm call- we're calling and responding, you know, or we're rocking. Right. You know? Okay. Now we're rocking. Right. Now we're hamboning. This doesn't this remind you of uh, of the way things used to be? Not really. Isn't it making you no. nostalgic? We used to have this sort of back and forth, this kind of thing. Over to you, over to me. No, no, you pretty well just kind of read your stuff. Oh yeah. And we and I mean yeah. My stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, and, I mean, I put a lot a, of yeah. I put a lot of uh, a, a passion into that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Good for me, huh? Yeah. Right. Okay. Why don't we get started? Sure. Okay. So um, I've written something for us to perform together today, which is sort of um, really. Yeah, it's specific. I wrote it specifically for us to play together, and it's sort of um, I guess you could call it a kind of fantastical allegory about you and I, a- and there's some we go through some rough patches in the course of this sort of epic poem which I've written, but um, you needn't fear because uh, we sort of, we come out on the other end of it okay, I think. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, we're going on a voyage. All right. So, give me something sort of, um, give me something sort of dreamy. And, and, and I should also say, just play with the kind of purity that you played with when you first started playing before you became so jaded, so angry. Take us on a dream voyage. Go ahead. That's nice, that's nice. Take it down. Keep playing, but keep take it down. Okay. Dolce. After having completed a successful sold-out speaking engagement, down, take it down, lower, lower. You're too loud. You're too loud. Lower. Underneath me. I stop playing. Under, no, you keep playing. Keep playing. Are Play with the the, the 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 balls of the fingertips, not the fingertips themselves. You know, you actually don't know what the hell you're talking about. Talking about. Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay. We're, all right. We're adrift. After having completed a successful sold-out speaking engagement just outside of San Bernardino, a young lady approached me with a sparkly marker, requesting an autograph on her stomach. I told her that I was born again now, and I no longer did that kind of thing. And she said she understood. We politely chatted a while, during which time she told me she was a doctoral student, writing her thesis on some of my earlier work, and I told her about the perils and ecstasies of life on the road. Then, in the midst of our amiable conversation, she suddenly asked, what had ever happened to my old side man, Sam Shalabi? Okay, now come on, give me sort of like horror I, music, like The Omen. What? I, I thought this was an, a fantastical allegory. Yeah, well, it's by a, the way. it is, it is. We'll stay well, with you. Well, you just used, I mean, it, it, you just used my name. That's, uh, I, I know. mean, what was that an allegory of? It's an allegory of your name. Keep, okay, what? now just My give, name is Sam Shalabi, though, right? So why okay, would come, you... All right, can you focus? All right. Then, in the midst of our amiable conversation... She suddenly asked what had ever happened to my old sideman, Sam Shalabi. Horror music. Like, like Psycho. Yeah, that's it. Atonal. Okay. 
She said she had been to one of our events several years earlier. She said she had never seen anything like it, and asked if we had any plans for a reunion. Sam. My God, I thought. I hadn't heard that name in years. I stood staring at her. Hearing that name was like an LSD blotter slipped under my tongue. I felt my heartbeat start to quicken. Now give me some quickening. Quicken it up, quicken it up. That's it, that's it. No, no, but watch your tempo. Tempo, tempo. Faster, 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 faster. Keep it faster, slower, okay, slower, faster. Lower. Wait, this is, uh, this is bringing back a lot of memories. Take it under, okay? All right, faster, but take it under. Faster and lower. Faster and under. Faster and lower. Let's try it again, okay? I felt my heartbeat start to quicken. Painful thoughts sliced through my brain like switchblades through a ripe honeydew. I reeled backwards, as though kicked through a plate glass window by a satyr's hoof. Don't ever speak to me the name Sam Shalabi again, I said. Okay, now, here, give me like a ba-bap, ba-bap, ba-bap. The young lady's question had ruined any chance of a post-speaking engagement high. I left the theater in a daze. With all of my heart and soul, I hated Sam Shalabi. Okay, now, kick me something really rocky here. Okay, right here, give me something really hard, okay? But also poignant. Hard and poignant. I was just wondering if you're, if, are, are you, are you, uh, are you, is your name mentioned in this story? Um, Allegorically? No. Or fantastically? No. Or, okay, here we go. It's very modern. Okay. With all of my heart and soul, I hated Sam Shalabi. Something like that. And down, shh, down. Okay, keep playing. Maintain eye contact with me so we can communicate, okay? Like we used to do. Never looked at each other in blowhards. Just, uh, uh, okay? Focus. Yep. Pay attention. You listening? Okay, here we go. I couldn't remember the last time I heard that name. Sam Shalabi. Sam Shalabi was my spoken word protege. I had mentored him for years, teaching him everything I knew about stagecraft. I taught him how one makes one's voice crispy on the mic how to hold an audience's heart in your hands, and when to gently release that heart when the time came to buy your CDs from the merchandise table. And how had Sam Shalabi repaid me? Sam Shalabi had crashed my Ford Taurus on his way to buy us frozen yogurt. Sam Shalabi had stolen my wife, a woman whom I referred to in our wedding vows as the Queen of Light. Sam Shalabi had set fire to my backyard, had run over my dog, and, while high on peyote, had urinated on my tax receipts. Okay, now, if you're holding anything back, now's the time to just total, really just let it fly, okay? Mm -hmm. Just blow the studio walls wide open, okay? Like a big solo or something. Just, yeah, just raise us up to the heavens, okay? okay. This is sort of, this is the... Quint quintessence of your piece. It's that. You ready? Okay. Yeah, you see, I, I, you, you, you're, you're you holding back on me. No, because I, I seem like I'm. You're holding back on me. That's what I seem. I don't know if you're. You're maybe you're not conscious of it. All right, we're, we'll we'll try it again. But this time, I, I just want you to give me a little something more, a little something extra. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Don't don't worry. No. <laughs> if you break a string or something, I'll buy you a new one. No no no, it'll be fine. Okay, here it'll we go. All right, I'll try one more time. 
Why do you make that face when you play? I don't know. I've never, I've never looked at my face while I'm playing. Actually. You should try looking at your face when you play. Like, you should play in front of a mirror or something. I don't know. It's just disconcerting. It's okay. All right. I'm going to continue. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I no. just... Should I be playing? A, B, P. Always be playing. Okay. Do you remember that? That was one of the blowhard commandments. A, B, P. Always be playing. A, B, R. Always be rocking. Okay, here we go. I despise Sam Shalabi with every ounce of my soul. If Sam Shalabi were here with me right now, I thought, I would peel the flesh from his bones. I would stick a broken mop handle through his chest, withdraw his kidneys, and eat them as I would a chicken brochette. I would rend the shirt from off his back, throw him down upon the earth, and roll him in a death grip towards the sea. Give me something country-western, sort of like a hoedown. No, 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 no. Not happy music, but... Like a sad hoedown. A sad hoedown. It's a sad hoedown. Wow. Okay. Um. That's not bad. But tempo, tempo. That's not very sad, tempo, though. Tempo, tempo. Duce, duce. Okay. All right. Take it down. Un low, just lower, lower. Okay. Keep playing. ABP. Once we were at the seashore, I would look down upon his repentant, shamed visage, and I would find within my heart to act with mercy. Smiling, I would calmly explain to him this. There is a songbird, I would say, a songbird that sings a tune more beautiful than any song in the world, and that song is the sweet song of friendship. Fluttery, fluttery. And as Sam would wipe the bloody snot from off his hair, I would put my face close to his and I would speak these words. There are gold ships and there are silver ships, but there is no ship like friendship. And then we would embrace like long lost brothers. On the plane back home from San Bernardino, I ordered a whiskey and I drank to my own health, basking in the glory of my stellar speaking engagement. And up and take us out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I was thinking we could uh, maybe end with a sort of uh, a hug. So it's sort of like the, the, the moral of the story has, has come to fruition. That there's no ship like a friendship. Exactly. That was, that was the point and of the story. And I'm going to reach over to hug you. And I want to get plenty of, like, scuffling on the mic, you know, so you could hear my, my arms brushing against the mic as I go to hug you. Okay? All right, here we go. You ready? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. What, don't you, you, why, do you have a problem with that? No, it's just, it's... Okay, here we go. No, no, you might, you might uh, do something to the instrument. Come on. <laughs> here we go.
relationship was good and bad. I mean, it was it was uh, you know when it was good. I think we had a we had a nice time together, and both of us were really trying to keep it together. And I think still very much in love with each other, but realizing that we were not uh, suited for each other, <laughs> maybe, or starting to come to that realization. Anyhow, but um, in our good stages, we would kind of think about getting a dog, and we had the idea for a while, and it wasn't, and uh, kind of couldn't agree on what kind of dog to get. And then I said... Um, I want to get a pug. Um, and he was like, I don't know if I want to get a pug. You know, I don't know about small dogs. I don't know if I want to get a small dog. And, uh, you know, I would try and convince them that they were super cute and they sit on their butts like little people. And that was the kind of dog I wanted. It all started with Jillian. She wanted, she loved pugs. She was always a, I want to get a pug, I want to get a pug. So her birthday was coming up and we thought, Oh well, let's see. let's let's investigate this. And I have to say, I was never a lap dog kind of guy, mm. and I turned into one immediately. You know, as soon as I got as soon as I got this uh, this pug. But she, uh, Marcel was a really cute dog. Like, and I'm not just saying this because he's you know he he was my dog, but he he you know uh, Marcel was a good looking pug as well. You get a lot of ugly ones with big bulging eyes, and not that uh, wait, let me rephrase that. They're all, I guess, kind of a little ugly, but some with some eyes bulging more than others, you know. I mean, it was amazing to have him as a puppy because he was very, uh, he was so cute. I mean, we couldn't even, like, walk down the street for two minutes. You know, we couldn't even walk down the block. It would take us, like, an hour to walk down the street with him because people would stop him left, right, and center. Marcel was a bit of an accessory to her. Um, she would take him to certain events thinking that, oh, it'll look good if I have my pug with me. It's cute. You know, I can put him in my little purse. She bought little purses for him and stuck him in a purse and walked around with him like that. And it was just, I didn't, I, a lot of people treat the little dogs like that, and I don't like to see him like that. And, and Marcel, I, I kind of, he was, you know, he was playing with all the big dogs in the park, and he was really develop, developing into a nice little dog, and I didn't want to see him walking around on the street in a purse. Right when we got him, when he was just a couple months old, um, Jillian was working, so I was the one who guided him in the right place to crap, the right place to pee, the right, you know, to sit, coax him to climb the stairs, you know, just, just all those little things you do when you get a, when you have a puppy, you know, and, and again, Jillian would come home at like 11 and, you know, it'd be all fun and games and stuff, and then she would leave at 7 o'clock the next morning, I'd take the dog out for a walk. I just felt like I had, I, I, I don't feel, I know I had more of a hand in his day-to-day -day upbringing. That's what he said. I've raised that dog. I raised that dog. Verbatim. I've raised that dog. I think it was, yeah, we we'd, we'd lost a lot of ground as far as uh, where we were as a couple. We, we uh, you know, that there, our, our lifestyles and our personalities all of a sudden seemed like a conflict. So the idea about getting Marcel was sort of to try to bring something new to the relationship. Uh, Marcel was definitely an attempt to bring in another aspect that we could share, something that we could both share in the relationship. And, and did it did it did it work? Did it make you guys happier together? 
for, for the first little while it did, and then all of a sudden, uh, it seemed like out of nowhere, it became apparent that we shouldn't be together because this, the dog wasn't, we both really liked this dog, loved this dog, and that still wasn't keeping us together. We still were arguing about, wait till the light's green till you cross the street with them. You know, just, that's just an example, but you know, it was almost we started to get at each other about how we were treating the dog or how we were feeding the dog or we should have sleep on the bed, you know, just all these little things. And it was like, oh, my God, okay, this is getting worse now. I, I kind of knew that it would possibly be the last straw because Mark had very little um, affection left in him as far as the relationship goes. And I was like, this dog's going to get everything he has left. I just kind of had a sense that that was going to happen. He's like a different person when, he, when he's with the dog than he was with me. He kisses and hugs and holds him and squeezes him and he just was in love with the dog. I'd rather pick up the dog and take him for a walk and, and give him a hug than Jillian, you know. And that, that was, I guess, another pretty strong sign, you know, of, of not wanting to continue in the relationship. It was only like six months into having the dog that we broke up. Not even. And I said, what are we going to do about Marcel? I left. I said, I'm going to live at the store and I'll come back for the dog. Then, then that's when it started. You're not keeping the dog, you know. And all of a sudden it was about the dog before I think I'd even left the apartment. Marcel stayed with me. And we... Um, both shared him at the same like we he would take care of him when I was working and I'd bring him over there in the morning drop him off can you take him for the day I'm working today yeah and I'd take him up to the end of the night so Marcel lived with me and he was definitely in my care but he would you know Mar uh, Mark took care of him and you know I don't know if it was a good or bad thing but it, it was a way for us to still be in touch with each other mm -hmm. Um, has, yeah, we both had something in common that sort of was the glue that kept us together, mm -hmm. even though we were broken up. I liked that we had that. Sharing the dog was a way for her to still feel like we were attached somehow. I was more than willing to share the dog and, hi, it's, you know, here you go, how was your day? Um, but I didn't, the, the relationship was being prolonged. kind of came to me after two years and said, I can't share this dog with you anymore. I'm moving to Los Angeles and I'm taking the dog with me. So that kind of started a real, a real bit of a battle. He blew up at me and told me that I was never going to take him. There was no way. He wasn't going to let it happen. You know, why should he be punished because I want to go away? You want to move away? Then you leave the dog and you go. Why, you know, you don't, you're not going to give him the love and affection that I would here, and he has such a great life here, and, and uh, you know, and why would you take him? Why would you do that to him? Yeah. So then finally I said, well, you know, I'm going to be coming back and forth, because I was. I mean, I have, you know, an agent. I work out of Toronto. And um, so I said, you know, well, I'll bring him back. You know, when I come back, he'll come with me, and I'll travel with him, and blah, 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 and, you know, and then uh, maybe we can switch off, and you can, when I come back, you can have him, and, you know, we can do that. So there I go off to L.A. 
to a new city, country, place where I knew nobody. I would have collapsed if I didn't have Marcel. Like I just, I would not have been able to to function. So, so when it got to the point where you were bringing him um, into Toronto, and then you would allow, well, I would just, I basically would bring him and drop him off there, and I'd say I'm coming in, and I would, like that was the deal. I was like, you can have him while I'm here, you know. The next time I went back, I went back, it was Christmas, I brought him, mm-hmm. um, and I called and said, you know, Marcel's here, and he came and picked him up, because he was going to take him for Christmas, so that was fine, and that was the deal, and, we, you know, I was fine with that, and it was the other thing was that I didn't know where he lived, I had no, I didn't know his, like, I didn't know his life at all anymore. Like, I didn't know he lived, he moved in with his girlfriend, I didn't know where they lived, I didn't have a phone number for him, all I had was a store, and the store was going to be closed. And then I just started to get more and more panicked that I, that he was going to give me trouble, that I thought he wants, I know he wants to keep Marcel now. And I was sick to my stomach because I thought, oh my God, he's going to, he's going to kidnap him. Uh, I considered it, yes. Absolutely. I'm, but I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not a crazy guy, and I'm not about to do anything ridiculous like that. Like I have, I, I just couldn't see myself trying to run off with Marcel and ignoring the fact that Jillian wants this dog. And after numerous phone calls, like I took Marcel back to my place for a couple of days, and I didn't call her for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And she called and she got me to the store, and she started yelling at me like, "You can't just take him for two days and not call me and tell me where you are and, and all this." And I told her to come and get Marcel, and I said, because I can't, this is impossible for me to deal with you and have Marcel and enjoy having Marcel. So I was like, okay, I'll be there uh, as soon as I can. closed it was about seven o'clock or so and I just sat here with him started to cry a little bit and then she knocked on the door and I just uh, I just panned him over and that was it there were no words said and did you ever did you ever regret the decision yes just even while I'm saying it I do absolutely I am not an asshole and I I did care really, I really did, and Mark will probably deny this, but um, I did not want to alienate Mark, and I didn't want to hurt him. I mean, I really didn't. I did not want Mark to hate me. Ultimately, the dog cannot be shared. I mean, it's a dog. Like, it's just a dog, but for me, it was just a little, I just grew so attached to this thing that I was, the words that were coming out of my mouth might have been the same ones if it were to be a child. There was just something about Marcel that was kind of, that I I wanted to have Marcel back, so. I don't think I'll ever get another puck.
The voices you heard on Wiretap today were Sam Shalabi, Jillian Steinhardt, and Mark Kesper. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. You can reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.